I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Greetings and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. I don't know why I'm talking like this. I'm Matt. I'm the host. Excuse me. It's because it's October. Yes. It's Orktober? Orktober. <laughs> okay. I thought you said Porktober and I was no, like, no, no. what? Orktober. <laughs> I, I, what I, is I'll that? Explain, I'll explain after intros. It's fine. Yeah, that's that's kind of gross. I don't I, I don't want a meat we a meat month, although it, up here Thanksgiving is in October, so I will be having a meat month whether I like it or not. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm the host. This is the Blizzard Watch podcast. We're off to a rollicking start. It's not my fault. They did things to me today. Um with me this week are as always my fantastic, amazing, and possibly incredible and any other maybe uncanny too. I'm just throwing as many comic book expletives as we can in there. Uh Liz and Joe. Liz, say hi. Hello, everybody. Uh got anything you want to tell people about before we get rolling? No, let's get rolling. We do like like Joe said a second ago, we've got a bunch of topics to talk about. Okay. Uh Joe, you also should say hi. Hello. And yeah, so that's Liz and Joe. Yeah. If anybody's curious about October, I'll tell you after the podcast. That's fine. Uh, yes, he'll, that's not at all scary. I'll tell you after the podcast all about October. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get started. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I actually really did want to talk about this anyway, but I had forgotten in previous weeks, and they just kept rolling with it. Uh, yeah. Blizzard has been doing a lot. Specifically, the World of Warcraft team has been doing a lot to, to change up stuff that you know some people would call sexist or uncomfortable, and that's really cool in my opinion one of the things they did is they've added an incubus to world of warcraft like no more is it just going to be succubus models uh now we're going to get to have scantily clad dudes with wings i'm not sure if the players will be able to summon them as well uh, yes there's going to warlocks will have a glyph to choose a succubus or an incubus that's which i think is amazing i think that's really yeah, cool that's um, really cool yes uh, i would actually like it if like other vaguely humanoid demon models that warlocks could use, could do that. Like if there was a female wrath garden too, so we didn't just always have the big dumpy male one. Uh, but that's just generally me. 
I do think it's cool that we're not just going to have succubuses anymore. We're going to actually have incubus and we're going to make that more inclusive. I mean, not that anybody really wants to be an incubus, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's good to have more choices, Uh, but they've been doing this a lot. Um, I know I already knew just from, from going in that I was reading about the, the various changes to black temple. Uh, They changed a lot of names in black temple. Yeah. Like a lot Uh, of, a lot of the uh, more concubines. Yeah. And, and Karazan. Karazan, too. Karazan Good. as well, yeah. yeah. Didn't they actually also adding male, they're adding male characters to Karazan? Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, the hallway leading it to Maiden of Virtue, yeah, and it was all, like, bedrooms and women in, scan, in skimpy dresses, so mm-hmm. there are now male NPCs, and they've changed the names of, some, of a lot of the NPCs, so it's kind of less suggestive i guess well one of the examples that i found l- looking through the, some of the links that, that Liz sent when we were in the email that i really liked is the the hodir the sons of hodir quests oh those quests i don't know if you guys remember these quests but i remember doing yeah. them back in the day and i'm like why are these quests all euphemisms for masturbation <laughs> just straight up that's what the quests were they were all euphemisms for masturbation it was like polishing hodir's spear or something Let's see if I can find it. Because yeah, uh, here yeah. it is. Blowing Hodir's horn, mounting Hodir's helm, raising Hodir's spear, thrusting Hodir's spear, polishing the helm, and you know, those those are all euphemisms for masturbation and or just straight up sexual activity. That's just what they are. They've changed all of them now. So now it's like Hodir's call, placing Hodir's helm, forging Hodir's spear, how to slay your dragon, a vicious clean, a cleaning. So these all they still actually kind of sound a little dirty. I mean, quite frankly, placing Hoder's helm and forging Hoder's spear could still be u- at least Victorian euphemisms for masturbation, but it's better. Yeah. And the one I mean, that I really think was a good cho- was a good change was your matar is so fat is now culling your cutter. And like, why was a your mother joke here? Like, what was the point of this? Uh, dude, okay. I mean, WoW has a lot of stuff that's just, like, jokey pop culture references, but this was, like, an entire subzone where every quest was, like, a sexual reference or that one, Jormutter is so fat, like a fat joke. (laughs) Why do we need this? Especially in, let's be upfront, this is an expansion that introduced the Tuscar and had Mm -hmm. Vrykul in it, neither of whom are skinny people. Like, if you're going to be making fat jokes, I mean, the, these guys? I, why? No. I, it's just dumb. As a fat person, this is dumb. But yeah, they so they changed all those too. That's cool. Um, quite frankly, I'm just going to come right out now. And if, you, if you're one of the people who's currently really mad that Blizzard is making these changes, go ahead and be mad at me because I think they're good changes. I, I agree. Um, these are things that always vaguely made me like scratch my head of why is this here? Like, why is this a thing? And I, I don't know. Like it's maybe when I was fourteen, I would have laughed at some of these jokes. But I'm not. I'm not immature or or need like poop and fart jokes anymore. Or like a lot of the stuff. Okay, hold on. So. You don't touch my poop jokes, man. There's poop <laughs> jokes, and wow, you leave them alone. But my 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 point is, and 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 like I know some people think that it it it's like oh they're they're becoming too PC or or whatever. No, it's just honestly the game's been around for sixteen, seventeen years. We've grown up. Cultures grown up, things that were, you know, quote unquote acceptable years ago, maybe not anymore. And it's okay for things to change and evolve and grow. Like, that's just the nature of things. Uh, the other one, like, because Liz wrote the email, so I keep going back to the, that Liz sent all this stuff in. Uh, but I, I really like looking at the, um, 
My I, brain, my mouth is not working. You, you go ahead. You were doing this walk. Just you talk. I I really like the changes to Black Temple and Karazhan. You know, both of them have kind of this zone, which was sort of this part of the zone that was just sort of like, okay, this is an area that's just women in skimpy dresses. And uh, those were always kind of weird. Like in the middle of Black Temple, you just suddenly walk into this room with like beds and cushions and all of these blood elf ladies walking around and a succubus patrolling. And it's like, what is this? This was like, up until this point, this was like a dungeon full of demons and I was slaughtering my way through it. And now it's like, there's this weird bedroom. Um, Quite frankly, I don't need whatever implication this has towards Illidan's drives. Let me put it that way. I don't need to know this about him. It's it's a little weird and off tone, but I I like what they've done with these things because they haven't just removed them. What they've done is they basically they've added to them. So it's like now it's not just women. So it's not just like it just by making it not just women by changing some of these names. It really changes the context. Um, I mean, one of the things about the Black Temple one, it's like, okay, it's like a little unclear. Are any of these people here because of their own free will? Or are they prisoners and we're coming through and murdering them all? And, or, and like, honestly, we didn't know any of that until like the, the Illidan book came out. And even then it doesn't make a, a really good, like, yeah. here's why they're here. It just kind of gives you a vague idea of why they're there. It's and that's, like, yeah. The context there is just so weird, but it's like, I've seen a lot of things saying, okay, Blizzard is being really puritanical and removing all sexual content. And it's not that sexual content is necessarily bad. It's just sexual content that's purely focused on sexualizing women is not great. And I mean, sometimes when we talk about like skimpy armor, you know, sometimes... You want to have that choice and wear skimpy armor and just, you know, you look hot, you look awesome, but you want to have the other choices. So you aren't always putting on plate armor and it's like a bikini. One of my favorite sets of armor, one of my absolute favorite sets of armor is the warrior tier 10 from, from the, uh, from Wrath of Lich King from the Ice Crown Citadel. It's a great set, but on a woman, it's a belly shirt. (laughs) And it's real irritating. And I got more irritated about it when, when Legion came along because Legion puts it on a very cool woman, but puts the male chest plate on her. So it's not a belly shirt on her. It's a belly shirt on everybody else, but she gets to have real armor that annoyed duck. Ah, just, I had a moment where I couldn't get words out. Ah, I just, Ooh, if they'd made it so you could choose the belly shirt or not, like if there were two different ones that you could get, and then men could wear the belly shirt too, if they wanted to, yeah. I wouldn't have any problem with it. It would be it's dumb, but that's a thing in fantasy art for for decades. But to have it only so like you and you know, this goes with any of the stuff from like classic. There were various like the jade warrior armor and so forth. That's basically just you know a, it's a metal bikini. Literally, that's what it is. That would be fine if there was if that looked like that for both, but it doesn't. On dudes, it's just a breastplate. It's just a, a breastplate with like actually some jagged patterns. It's actually kind of a cool breastplate. But on women, it's it's boob cups. And it's like the, the fact that they're doing this, it isn't them ripping stuff out. It's them saying, okay, you can still have it, but we're going to also have like a skimpy male version. We're going to have an incubus. We're going to have the ardent uh, servant or whatever. They That's the other thing is they changed the enslaved servant to like the ardent something or other. They're making it clear that that person is there because they want to be there. 
which I think is a nice touch. But yeah, I, I just, I don't get this idea. A lot of the people are, are saying stuff like, you know, they, they, they're like, Liz, instead of doing this, uh, you know, fix your workplace problems. It's like, first off, they, they should absolutely do both. They should fix their workplace problems and fix this. And the people who wanted this, these changes in place are the people who worked there, who were pushing for it. And people who just left who were, were, for years were pushing for it. This isn't like corporate. This isn't like, you know, Bobby Kotick didn't send out a directive, <laughs> take you know, take, put in incubuses. It, no, this was the people who developed the game. This is the dev team finally getting to make changes they wanted to because the people that were stopping them are gone now. And, and not I only mean, that, like, I, it's, like, this is not like the low hanging, like, Oh, appeasement type stuff. This is stuff that people have wanted to do for like, like Matt pointed out, people have wanted to do this for a while. Like they've been vocal about it. They just now are able to do it. And we talk about this every week, like they're putting the dev cycles in there. So I don't know. Like it's, I'm fine with it. Like, I think this is long overdue in a lot of these cases for a lot of this stuff. So that's all I got. Anyway, I, I just think the black temple areas and the Karazhan area look, really cool on the PTR and it's just it's kind of the same thing it's just they've changed some of the context and there are both male and female NPCs there and it's just like just some pretty small tweaks that just totally changes the meaning of this area and it doesn't make it like less sexy or less sexual it just makes it less tilted towards women in a way that's frankly really awkward and feels weird and uncomfortable so yeah, I think yeah, generally, I think- yeah, I think generally speaking, uh, it's like sure it's still objectification, but it's at least equal objectification. Because like, look at this character. I'm if you're watching us streaming this, obviously if you're not, you you don't get to see this. But I just switched to the armor I was talking about. Look at this. It'd oh. be fine if this was available to everybody. If like your male blood elf warrior could go around like this, then I would not have a problem. But. I, I, I got this armor originally when I was a, a male night elf mm-hmm. and I was wearing it as a transmog thing for years before I switched to a female night elf. And that's when I found out I had a belly shirt on, you know, that's the thing. You, you, you don't even know this stuff is happening sometimes because it's happening like in, in instances like black temple or whatever, or in a suit of armor you don't even know about because you don't play female. And it's just like, it's time for stuff to get, you know, I, I hope they continue doing this. I hope they, they look at, at sets of gear and, and start doing stuff like that, too. I would love it if they put in all those various belly shirt armors, if they put in both versions for both genders. I mean, it's, I don't like, see any it's like the male. The, the, there's a set of male hot pants and it's hot <laughs> pants for literally everybody. I can at least appreciate that. Yeah. If it's if, if we all look dumb in these things, then fine. You know, I mean, so, like, a male character wearing, like, what is essentially boob plate on females, you know, you, you're showing off those abs. I mean, you're working the abs. That's not a bad look. No, if as long as you're committed to it, sure, why not? <laughs> I don't even really, like I said, I don't mind this look on my night elf. I, In fact, I use it quite frequently. I just wish that I had the option. Like, there's sometimes I'd rather have the, the, the chest covering because it, it looks cooler for what I'm going for. Uh, and I, I'm really, I like the, the set. So I wish, wish I had both looks, but yeah, we should probably move on to other things just because otherwise this will just be, this will devolve into a transmog conversation so fast. You have no idea. I'm already getting us there. Um, but we should probably talk about the fact that wow. Classic has got its seasons of mastery thing happening, which is essentially 
them bringing the concept of Diablo three seasons into wow classic, um, where they're going to actually start new fresh servers with level one characters. Everyone will be level one. There will be no, like you won't be able to do anything to add gold or anything to your character to make their leveling faster. You're just going to start at level one with everybody else, but they're going to speed up the, the, the speed of which content drops. Uh, yeah like i think they're spreading the phases out over like a year instead of like two years or something like that um so it's got six it's got the it's got uh six phases and uh it's gonna be like you're gonna get a new phase like every two months so you're gonna be really zooming through it and they've also made some changes they've actually done the thing that they weren't doing when wow classic itself launched they're changing buffs and debuffs and stuff on bosses. For instance, you won't be able to bring Rally and Cry of the Dragon Slayer into raids. The uh, thing where you you bring a like Anixia head to mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Stormwind or Orgrimmar, and you get a buff. That buff will not come into raids anymore. So you won't, don't people don't won't have to worry about it. You can't get it, so you won't have to. Uh, they're they're changing boss health and other things like that. They're gonna actually gonna have original mechanics from from uh, like when the games first started like keep in mind like you know all through wow's life they they retuned bosses but they're going to go back to some of the earlier versions of the bosses to bring in some new mechanics to increase the health and make it harder they're 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 literally going they're tuning the fights to make them harder which they had not done previously in wow classic they just left them as they were in patch 1.12 uh, and certainly, certainly one thing we noticed when Classic launched is that people cleared through those raids super fast, yeah, super, we, super fast. So it'll be interesting to see it with these adjustments. I'm interested in seeing that, too, because we, we talked about that a while ago, like Matt and I. Uh, there's sort of like this this weird difference between when the game first released and Classic now based off of just experience uh, and then player information, what's widely available for people. And so like doing something like this adds a, a kind of a, an interesting flavor to it to kind of see exactly where players are at and what they can do. And I'm I'm always interested in stuff like this because I think it's it's cool to throw that curveball in and see how players react. Yeah, I'm interested in it because of the, the thing where they're like, we're going back to earlier versions of these boss fights because people forget this. Wild Classic launched on patch 1.12. Yep. Which was when Nexramas came out. Yep. But a lot of those earlier fights had been tuned initially much higher. Some of them are like, downright brutal. Like when you when you first went into fight Rag, the fight was tuned much higher than it was in patch 1.12. By patch 1.12, they didn't care about it anymore, so they tuned it down so people could get through it faster and get up to Nexrama speed. But obviously that wasn't needed in Wild Classic, so now they're going to go back and and restore it to the way it was in an earlier patch. I'm hoping they start it the way it was when the game dropped and just like keep moving it up to see like tune it if it's too hard, they can move it around. But I'd love to see that. I'd like to see them, you know, really try and get closer to what the experience was when people first walked into Molten Core. Because people didn't walk into Molten Core super geared and kicking butt. People walked into Molten Core and got their their, their butts handed to them. It wasn't super easy the first time people went in. So and also, like when you were doing Molten Core for the first time, you might have been doing it in green gear that was fire resist and like almost nothing else because you needed 
a significant amount of fire resist just to survive the Ragnaros fight. And kind of your standard dungeon gear that you would have gotten up to that point did not have that. Yeah, there was until a, you yeah, there until was you got the molten core gear, you were just you you didn't have the fire resist you needed. Yeah, I remember crafting the the, the various uh, the fire resist recipes that blacksmiths could craft that you got from Black Ring Blackwalk uh, Descent. Mm-hmm. You got off of the you the guy in the Grim Guzzler. You actually would go and buy them from him. So you had to get all the way through Blackrock yeah. to the Grim Guzzler. And uh, there was a shield that dropped in Upper Blackrock Spire off Dracoseth, the Draconian Deflector, I think it was called, that had fire resist on it that I remember every tank had. Uh, there was like <laughs> there were like there were purple shields dropping left and right in Molten Core, and they you know you would ignore them because you wanted that fire resist shield. I remember that. That shield was really good. I, I had that shield for a long time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I definitely am interested to see how they're going to move on with WoW Classic because Liz is totally right. People were people were just running through this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff content was like cleared up as soon as it dropped. Um, also, I got to mention this one. Liz put it in, but I also have to mention it because my wife told me to mention it. Um, they You can tame the Elex during the Brewfest uh, event when the, the fight in, in Blackrock Descent. You can you can get you can tame the pink elex if you're drunk uh i yeah. i think that this, as we're recording this the brewfest thing ends tomorrow yes so if you're listening to this live you still have a day to do this if you are listening to the podcast i'm sorry you may have to wait a year yeah but you know if, at least now they're tameable if you want a pink elephant and, and why I wouldn't think- you I think this is particularly funny because it's like these are hallucinatory elephants and you're just getting drunk and you're taming your hallucinations and then they're just going to hang out with your hunter forever. I, so I don't think it would be funny if you could see them, but nobody else could. <laughs> like they still were there. They were still pets. You could tank with them, but everyone else just sees you gesturing. Like what, what is happening? Uh, yeah. Last night in raid, we had a pair of, a pair of pink Alex, you know, running through sanctum of domination with us which is uh, like high on the list of ridiculous things that you could happen in sanctum of domination okay um moving on uh the nightborn thing i'm just going to mention apparently they're gonna have customizable hand glow effects for nightborn in patch 9.1.5 um but they also currently have have messed up their faces yeah on the ptr like i guess they all look kind of hangry um because I assume they're both hungry and angry. You know, they just they, they need to go get some magic or something. It's like for for Nightborn, magic is like a Snickers bar. You know, they eat the Snickers bar and then they feel better. It's like that with magic. So, yeah, but yeah, you, you can get you can get the hand glow, uh, which I, I I mean I don't know what it is because I my Nightborn I just play a warrior. It's like it's like arcane like glyph things that sort of glow on your hands and they're really kind of cool. And you'll just be able to customize those now. I I just love when they add more customizations of any kind. Yeah. I don't play a Nightborn, but it's cool. Yeah. And the last thing on here, I guess we'll mention real quick, and just so we can get on to some questions. But uh, I don't know if you guys know that New World, the uh, MMO from Amazon Games, uh, launched this week. Uh, actually, I guess it launched last week. Last week, yeah. yeah. Yeah, last week. Um, and uh, apparently Blizzard is not alone in not ever being able to figure out how many people are going to actually try to log into their game because people are very upset at new world for having significant queues. I think what were, how long were they? Like I, I read somewhere where some guy had like, like a 20 hour queue. Yeah. Yeah. They were like that. Um, I believe they had like 200 something servers at launch and each server was capped at 2000 players. 
And like, if you looked on Steam, there were 750,000 people trying to log on to New World. That was like their highest consecutive player number listed on Steam. Uh, so 750,000 players is more than what they had had uh, accommodated for by like a huge amount. I'm actually kind of yeah. interested to see what that breaks down to, too, because I know back in ye olden days, uh, mm-hmm. the WoW queue, a lot of it was also caused by um, bots and a lot of people trying mm-hmm. to like auto log in and do stuff like that. I'm wondering, like, I w- not that not that I want to say that the consecutive number of players that New World said is inflated or anything, but I'm wondering how many of those are actual like players waiting to get in versus people trying to take advantage of a brand new MMO economy with bots and stuff. Yeah, I, I would be very MMO, interested in. Yeah, any MMO is going to have bots. Uh, I went and multiplied it. The what they were prepared for was four hundred thousand people, which is pretty respectable, yeah. honestly. Yeah, two thousand times two hundred is four hundred thousand. And we are we are we are past the, the what I would call consider the normal prime of MMOs, really. So like, yeah. that, I think that's that, that I can understand why they would prepare for that number. No, I'm not saying that we're wrong to prepare for it. I'm just saying that's what they prepared for. Seven hundred fifty thousand is an extra three hundred and fifty thousand on top of it. It's nearly, it's nearly double what they were expecting. Sure. So that's in in a way that's really good for them. Yeah. That they had that much interest. However, it also isn't great because yeah, sure they've got all that interest, but if they can't actually supply it, um, yeah, that's a problem. I mean, it sounds so, like it's been getting better. They've launched new servers. Um... And then there were all the people who came in on day one and they were like, I can't log on. There's a 20 hour queue. I'm deleting the game forever and getting a refund. So you got rid of those people. You can move on. Yeah. It's almost always, I I've learned from my years in world of Warcraft that it's almost always better to start the next day anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like whenever anything drops, I almost never jump on that day. The last time I tried to jump on the day something went live was Diablo three. That's that's why our, <laughs> that's why our raid nights are on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, it just generally speaking, you might want to give it a day always. But that pretty much covers us for news, so we can move on to doing some questions for this here show. Um, as is usual for us, if you've got a question for the show, you can email us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch, so we know it's for this show. Um, if you don't put a subject line in there, then it just comes down to which one of the people who writes emails for us leaps onto that thing first. Uh, and usually I'm faster than Joe. Because and sometimes we don't even wait. We will steal something from the other one's queue anyway, because this is the yeah. thing we do. Yeah, that's the thing we do. Uh, I do it more than Joe because I'm better at it. I, I don't know why I'm trying to pick a fight over which one of us is a better I, I was gonna. I wasn't going to say anything, but okay, man. <laughs> oh, but anyway, if you don't like email, uh, maybe just you know you had a bad experience email killed your parents and you vengeance against email or whatever uh we do have a discord server um you can go to the patron q and podcast questions channel and you can ask questions there uh we look at that first because i mean you guys are our patrons that it, it's why we even have a show or a website or anything so yeah that's that's a nice that's a perk you get for being a patron consider supporting us on patreon um or you can go to the Q questions channel where we do also look for emails uh, for questions. Uh, we call them emails just because we call them emails for years and it's a thing that's stuck in my head. But at any rate, that's how you can get a question to us. We're super eager to answer them. They don't have to be about World of Warcraft. They absolutely can be, uh, but they don't have to be. Plenty of other games. You could you could ask us a question about any game. I think at this point, we'd probably try to answer it. Like if you're if you're just dying to know like what what's going on with this new like Doom guy 
me costume that you can put in and you can actually fight in, in, you know, smash brothers alongside uh, Isabel Isabel. from animal crossing. Yeah. Yeah, You, you can totally ask us about that. And and one of us will probably have an answer. It won't be me. I want to, I want to encourage people ask some, ask other things. Just go for it. Yeah. See what you want to try. If you want to go ahead and ask about dinosaurs, I'll talk to you about dinosaurs. (laughs) Yeah, you don't know, man. Go ahead. Go ask about non-dinosaurs. Ask me about pterosaurs. Ask me about like ichthyosaurs. Ask me about synapsids. I, I got stuff for synapsids. But at any rate, we're going to actually move on to talking about World of Warcraft questions now because we have some. Uh, I'm going to say, Joe, you go first this time. Sure. Uh, our first question comes from Riptides. It still confuses me how, as creatures from the realm of light, they, the Naru, can become dark Naru filled with void energy. Begs the question, could old gods ever change into beings of light? I think we actually had a lore watch about that once, didn't we, Matt? Yeah. And Basically, the, the way I've always put it is it's real simple. And because I say it's real simple, it's going to be astonishingly complex and hard to explain. <laughs> yeah. But basically, you don't have one without the other. The thing that both the light and the void like to downplay in World of Warcraft, but it's still basically a point in the game. In the lore of this world, you can't have one without the other. Light causes shadows. If you don't have light, everything is darkness. There's no shadows. There's no. There's no, nothing. Everything is the same, so everything is nothing. But when you have light, when you illuminate, you create the shadows. And without the light, shadow doesn't exist either. Because as mm-hmm. I said, without light, there's no shadows because there's nothing. The light two are shadow, intrinsically tied together. Yeah, they are part of the sa- they are part of each other. They make each other. Uh, as a result, the Naru life cycle reflects this. The the reason that they have the the dark Naru thing is because it is part of their life cycle. Because it is part of that cycle between light and void, that light and void themselves cannot truly accept, that Zira can't accept. You'll notice that Zira doesn't want people to talk about it. Mm-hmm. When you when you join the Army of Light, when when Teralyon and Alary join the Army of Light, Zira forbids them to talk about the void, except as an mm-hmm. opponent. She does not want, and she absolutely Velen. When Velen says to somebody from the Army of the Light, he ta- starts talking about the void cycle. That person is shocked. Yeah, and don't forget, like, didn't they didn't they imprison like Illyria for a little while? Yeah, they did. They yeah. absolutely did. When she came back from from her little void elf romp, all of a yeah, sudden they, she was she wasn't allowed to to interact with all the the light bound. There was like a lot. Zero is very dogmatic about this. I I think it is something that the it's something that the Naru themselves are not of one mind about, as they are not of one mind about a lot of things. Um, we did a talk. I think this last the last lore watch we did. The very last. We talked yeah. about. We talked about how the Naru are not a hive mind. But you can have Zira, who's very important. She's a Naru Prime. She's the head of the Army of the Light. And then you can have Adal, who's in the Army of the Light, but who clearly does not share all of Zira's opinions. He does not feel the same way she does. And that's reflected again in their life cycle. Their life cycle is one that goes from light to void. Now, does that mean you could have a light old god? I don't think it is likely. But we like, don't know I, for I, sure. But we don't know. We we know that at least one demon appears to have embraced the light. Lothraxian. You know, yeah. Now perhaps he hasn't, because there's that whole thing about the Nathrazim as servants of Denathrius. It's it's entirely possible that's a sham. Who knows? But if his conversion is sincere, if he truly is serving the light, if he is he's embraced it, if a Nathrazim could do it, I'm willing to say it's at least feasible that an old God could do. I don't know what that would be like because like the old gods are literally parasites. 
Like, in fact, if you look at the original term that the uh, Tribunal of the Ages uses for all gods, they're called necrophotic. Yep. And that means death light. So they're actually eating the light. They're they're consuming it. So it would be weird to like I don't know how they would become light beings, but I'm not willing to sit here and tell you they can't do it. Yeah, I I don't know what the answer to that one is going to be because I don't know if we're ever going to get an answer to it. And it's something that does have some very interesting ideas to it if it could be something that happens. Like if if like Matt pointed out, if they're currently parasites and they do nothing but feed off of the host they're in. But yet we know that they can produce things in a similar way to the Naru too, right? Like we talked about this last week on Lore Watch, where uh, the Naru that are born are like there's lines of ascend- or descendancy, right? You have lines that dictate uh, who's related to who. The- yeah, like Zira had um, Oros was descendant. Yeah. So the old gods kind of have something similar with the way that they sort of like sprung forth brand new life from their bodies, right? Like all of the old god creations, all the old god creatures that we've ever dealt with were at one point part of the old god. Like like literally the the Naraki Naraki and Akira were like being birthed out of um yog saran's body and i assume the other ones but they you know it's never specifically said and they all have their different lines of of like familiar familial lines to what old god they hailed from and they had party lines across uh, like based off of that right like they had you know their own interactions their own ways of dealing with each other uh very similar to like how the naru are so like there is there is a certain amount of of similarity between the two uh, that could be very interesting to explore at some point. And maybe we'll talk about that in depth. Maybe that'll be a lore watch topic. I don't know. I'm writing it down. Liz, anything? This is lore stuff. This is out of my area of expertise. <laughs> I spent I spent the entire time y'all were talking, thinking about what a light old god would look like. And I just, I, I've come up with nothing. Well, so instead of like, having a body made out of, instead of having a body made out of mouths, it'd be a body made out of top hats, right? Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I want you to imagine Cthulhu. Okay. Cthulhu fixed in your mind. Now imagine Cthulhu, you know, and the Sailor Moon music starts playing <laughs> and like Cthulhu starts twirling and there's like a, whoa, like, whoa, whoa. ribbons. We already, we already had, we already had, don't take that from Garrosh. Garrosh has a magical girl transformation already. Thank you. <laughs> there could be more than one. There's more than one Sailor Sentai. There can be more than one, you know, <laughs> magical girl anime villain from World of Warcraft. And Cthulhu deserves to be pretty. Like, you trying to say that over- the giant eyeball isn't pretty? No, I'm just, hey, uh, f- from experience here, I had somebody <laughs> shoving my face into a camera today, and she made a point of how pretty my eyelashes are. Cthulhu could stand to have some pretty eyelashes. Fair enough. The light version <laughs> of Cthulhu just has eyelashes. Yeah, just big glowing, <laughs> glowing eyelashes and a re- really nice acting. That's that's his Naru sigil. <laughs> oh, all right. I think we should move on. This is going in the weird places. Liz, can you get to the next one? Oh. I mean, this this next question is no less weird. This one's from Six K, and it says, "Question for the podcast: Now that Garrosh has been disenchanted, who is the angriest person in WoW?" Me, let's move on. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I, I do want, I do want to point out that, like, literally after you defeat um, Soul Render, what I'm forgetting the name. Soul Render's fine. I, yeah, the, Soul Render doors the dude, or whatever. 
you defeat the guy in Sanctum of Domination, and uh, Garrosh is literally left as a pile of dust. In the wind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no wind. I, is there is there any wind in the Sanctum of Domination? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's just a pile of dust. There's no body. It's a pile of dust. So I guess we did disenchant him. Technically, hmm. we didn't. He did it himself. Uh, well, cut to someone. Cut to someone making an axe and enchanting <laughs> it with garage dust. And I one hundred percent would do that if that, that if that was a component of a spell. You you bet your sweet biddies I would do that. I'm just like imagining you, you've got an axe and you you guys did you think you ever get Zalatov corrupted image of of Gorhal? Yes. Do you remember the voices? Yes. So imagine you enchant this new axe with the garage dust and it just starts saying garage things at odd moments. I am superior. That's great. I just wanted to like, I, I just want, I just want the axe. I just want the the weapon at some point to go. I told you we should have killed Sylvanas. Uh, yeah, but you said uh, it in a profoundly creepy misogynist way, garage. If you could have just said kill Sylvanas, it would have been what? Fine. This is my normal speaking voice. It's the, the B garage. I mean, anyway, uh, to try and answer this question about the angriest person in World of Warcraft, I mean, honestly, I got to think Gen Greymane's up there. He's calmed down mm-hmm. a lot, though. Yeah, but he still has his, like his berserk button is still Sylvanas Windrunner. Sure, for now. We haven't seen him this expansion very much. So, That's true, like, is so we don't know. Is he like just really concerned about Anduin right now, or is he like super murder machine, want to kill Sylvanas? We don't know. We haven't seen much of him. I just have this like this idea that him and Torellian are like basically wrestling because Torellian keeps having all these weird ideas that are all light based, and Ganon's like, "This is not a way to govern an entire nation. You have no idea what you're doing." No, oh, do it this way. <laughs> you, you wanted there to be a reason for it. I just thought you had them oiled up in your head. Okay, no. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, well, honestly, we can, get, we can get Kagar in here too. Honestly, my my money my money for angriest person currently in WoW now that Garrosh is gone is Kalthas. He's got a whole yeah. lot of pride and anger still. One hundred percent. He's more like bitter than angry. Yeah, bitter. Bitter's a stone's throw away. Yeah, yeah I, I just don't see Kalthas as like. You know, an engine of, of rage. I see him as kind of just there. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> Sulky. But to, to, to get back to the concept of anger before we move on, because I don't think this is a tremendously serious question. I, I do think, like, I, I, I'm glad they, at the same time, I'm glad they moved Taronda back a bit, even if I felt a little bit like the way they did it didn't really give enough focus to the enormity of what happened. Yeah, yeah. But I am glad that they moved her back from the whole thing because up until her little cinematic smackdown with she would have been. I would have said it was her yep. even before Garage went out. Yep. Quite frankly. Um and I, I didn't mind I, I'm one of the few people who was actually really happy to have angry Taronda because it reminded me of original Taronda who told, you know, Malfurion F you, I'm gonna go free him anyway, because I do what I want. Um but I didn't like that is the whole thing is like once again this this woman has been through this obvious this hellish experience, but the fact that she isn't immediately willing to just make peace over it means she's crazy. Because uh, that's like that was BS when they did it to Jaina, and it's BS now. Um, it's not it's not something I enjoy. But I, think I did they, like Taronda in general. I think they handled that better with Taronda because yeah. when Jaina when they destroyed Theramore and Jaina was like furious, everyone like every NPC around her was like. You need to calm down. Why are you so upset? What's what's the matter? Why are you so angry? You being angry is upsetting to me. It's like her 
city was just destroyed. Have some understanding, like a little understanding. Yeah, I, I, and, I often, I was one of the people who's constantly arguing that if anything, she should have been angrier. Um, quite frankly, you don't blow up a person's hometown and then be like, you know, just get over it. That everybody, you know, remember your apprentice turned into dust in front of you? Yeah, get over it. And your friend no. sacrificed himself to save the people. And yeah, no, totally, totally. Just get over it. Just smile, smile more. It'll be fine. I yeah. didn't. I didn't see quite the same thing with Taranda. Like, not as bad. There was there was genuine concern with, like, the people around her, not just because she was angry. It's like, we know why you're angry. We're upset, too, but you are going to burn yourself out. And what yeah. good does that serve anyone? There are still yeah. are people left to lead. Like, it, it was from a position of, we want you to still be with us. We don't want you to lose yourself, versus... Your pain is inconsequential, and you being upset is upsetting me. This it it's was- like, yeah, Maya's Shadow Song is a good example of this. When Maya's Shadow Song is worried about you, yep. yeah, you, you, yeah. you, you're over there now. And and Maya totally like it, they sold it. Like the Maya character, her her reaction was worked for me. It wasn't necessarily that she liked Taranda, but Taranda is high priestess, like her or not. Whether or not you like her, she is the high priestess of Elune. She's the center of their people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this thing she's going to do is astonishingly dangerous. And I liked that. I liked that Maiev, of all people, was like, if anybody is filled with homicidal rage, it's me. I mean, I, you know, right here, Brofist, homicidal rage, that's great. But you're going to blow up. You're, and, and this is not a metaphor. I'm, this is not me saying, oh, you're under too much stress. It's gonna, I mean, you're literally going to explode. You got to step back. We, we have evidence of this. We have literally folks telling us what happened to them. Please, yeah. and it's that meme of like of of the Eldorado where like they just like throw their hands up behind them and like eh eh here yes yeah yeah. So I did I did like that better. I I definitely think Toronto was in the running for angriest person in World of Warcraft for a while there, and I, I do think she was justified in that. Agreed. Um, I think when this is all said and done, Anduin might be. Yeah, we Does have he- no idea how he's going to react at the end of this. Yeah, I'm really curious as to how this plays out i'm actually a little nervous about that too Mm, yeah because like not to not to completely derail this from like the the question but i mean that's why you folks listen to us right um i'm very very curious after all is said and done what's going to happen like i've been joking and not i shouldn't even say joking but i've been uh, positing on lore watch a bunch of times that the anduin we saw in the comics a long time ago was the anduin at the end of shadowland where he's old and and grizzled and has definitely seen some things because we haven't seen that Anduin. And like, I'm starting to think more and more that I might actually be close to right on that because I can't see him coming out of this unscathed. I can't see the Anduin that existed before everything that's happened to him being here, being around, like how being trapped in your own body and basically being piloted, but still being cognizant of everything that's happening to you and doing terrible things and being used to bring about like the end of the universe as you know it. Like that's, that's got to mess with somebody like Anduin who is so full of hope, who wants to see the best in everybody who's so empathetic to like those around him feels everything very, very deeply. Like this is, it has to be his version of hell. I can't like I saw how Bane was or um yeah yeah Bane Bloodhoof how he reacted after just being exposed not quite to the same thing and how bad he was I can't imagine how Anduin's going to be he 
he might be the, the angriest person in a while after this. Matt might be right. <laughs> all right. And then we all get quiet. Yeah, sorry. That was kind of a deep. No, our, but you're our, up now. Our, our soft little child that we have all grown up with, like we all remember Anduin as a kid in the throne room. In those weird little pants and, you put him in. Yeah, yep. yeah. And I, it's been 17 years that we've been growing up alongside Anduin. So there's this real connection there. And if Anduin goes kind of, uh, I don't know, if Anduin goes kind of dark side, angry Anduin, I don't know, that's going to feel it's it's be totally weird. understandable, but it's also going to be really weird because Anduin is, it kind of, I just, he's, Anduin is the sensitive, artistic, smart kid that is now entering into young adulthood. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. This is when people have their, their start exploring goth stuff. Yeah. This <laughs> is when he goes shadow because it's when you do that. It's when you discover like, you know, Oh, this music touches me. I'm serious. I mean, if he starts listening to the cure, we're all in trouble. <laughs> I mean, there was that uh, cut scene in uh, battle for Azeroth where he went and just punched Rathion in the face, which was really satisfying. So He's not just a sweet, innocent kid anymore. But yeah, uh, Joe, you get to read the next one. And who boy, I'm kind of sorry, man. Uh, okay. Uh, you guys are cool. Get it? Cool. Because blizzards are full of snow and that makes them cold. Ha! Anyway, uh, my question is, would you like to see something like allied races, but for new class skins, like you complete a quest line and your Torrin Druid gets Emerald Dream themed animal forms? Or you now have an arms warrior who roots their attacks in high-tech gadgets if they're a gnome. Or maybe a paladin who can make their ret spec be shadowy. Uh, anyway, just an idea. Stay frosty, everyone. Ha, it's funny because it's snow. Um, no name associated with this one. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? We uh, I don't, think I don't that... like the cold jokes. Okay. Maybe maybe not the cold I jokes. Appreciate I appreciate the, the rest of it is. I think the rest of it's really great. I mean... I am all for more customization, and there was the whole mage tower thing, which we are getting back in a way in 915, that where you could go and do this challenge, and like druids would unlock new druid forms. And that was really cool that you could do that and give your character this complete other look. And other classes didn't quite get that. You got these cool new weapons. But you didn't get this, like, transformation. It was, like, transformative for druids. And druid forms are just, I mean, they're meant to be transformative. But it was just this total different look. So it would be cool if we had that kind of customization. I We've been talking about this for a long time, where instead of adding new classes to the game, you start adding more, like, artistic things or visual mm. things to sort of make up the difference. And I'm I'm not saying that it's not a lot of work. I understand completely that those art assets are a lot of work in making those things uh, as a lot of work. But doing something like that also comes with the idea of you don't have to balance it, right? It's not making a whole new class or, or changing the way a base uh, spell or ability works. So I'm kind of all about this. And I'd be perfectly fine if, like, my gnome warrior has to go through, like, a trial of whatever – and comes out of it with like high tech themed looking armor and weapons uh, or abilities that, that revolve around that or like the druids with the Emerald dream forms, stuff like that, I think would be really, really cool. And it would add a whole new layer of player engagement. And we talked about customization. We talk about customization a lot. You could possibly have something that feels very much like what you've always wanted your character to be. 
and I say this on Lore Watch occasionally, a lot of us have stories in our mind from years of playing our character. My character Loader has existed in this game since closed beta, right? I've had a running just story with him and having something that would fit that sort of story, like aesthetically, would make me incredibly happy. And it's something I've always wanted. And I can imagine there are other players that would want that too. It would be very, very cool. Uh, but again, I understand it would be a whole lot of work. Matt? I am currently watching Matt play with transmog options on stream, which is <laughs> honestly one of my favorite things. I mean, if I were in the game right now, I would be doing this too. That's fair. And I, I think Matt's uh, Matt's trying to talk, but I think his, uh, we can't hear him. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I was talking. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah. I, I I did actually. I was flopping on to do some transmog while Joe was talking. I was listening, but I I did want to mess around with my look because it actually was. It right now. I I've said this before. I've written posts about it. Right now, transmog is the most viable method of character customization mm-hmm. because you can do a lot of stuff to your character now. Like um, if you look at the character I'm where I'm currently playing, she's got a missing eye and scars all over her face. That's something that you can do. But I have to turn my helmet off for you to even see that. Um, Whereas Transmog, you can see what I'm wearing immediately. Yep. As soon as you see my character, you see what what they're wearing. And that's something that that I think... I think Transmog becomes very much a part of that whole thing. It, it It is a customization option, first and foremost. And because it is, and because it it has so much power to shape the way you you look about your character that i think it should be incorporated into quests like that and i would absolutely love there if there were quests to get like like we have the the um the outfits for each race the the you know the the the, the racial costuming i forget what it's called quite frankly um, heritage armor heritage armor thank you we've got heritage armor but we don't have class specific and we used to in, in classic there were quests that would get you like a specific weapon or specific armor for like i remember the fury warriors like there was a fury shoulders one and there was like various the whirlwind weapon quests i've actually got the whirlwind weapons are what about the quest to get mounts for uh warlocks and paladins yeah that was a unique look that you could only get by doing this fairly difficult thing at the time yeah and that's i mean that's the kind of thing i'd like to see brought in i mean the class skin idea i'm i'm long I've long been a like you know proponent of I've I've gone and bought it time and time again, but it would be really cool if there was like a quest chain and you know remember the warlock green fire quest chain yeah that was just for green fire yeah and how many I don't know a warlock who didn't do it even if they didn't plan on getting green fire yeah they they still went and did it so they could you know switch back and forth imagine if there was a quest where you could get like you know, a specific weapon that only your class could use or a specific armor set or, or you know, spe- you know, some new special effect. Like the one that really gets me is like blood elves should have a spellbreaker glaive. Yes. That thing's been in the game for years. Uh, we see the blood elves in a, a quell- I must say quelled quelled Yeah. The, the blood elves and quell- the guard spellbreaker guards and quelled all have this weapon. And it's a glaive, but it looks different. It looks more like the weapons we're seeing from the Nightborn than it does like a classic Demon Hunter glaive. I that should be something that all Blood Elves should be able to get. There should be a quest to get it. There should be a quest for you know big totem weapons for for Torin. There should be a quest for you know ridiculous over the top hammers for dwarves. 
everybody yeah. should have something and it doesn't yeah. have to be a weapon it could be like you know new tattoos for Draenei like Lateborn Draenei could get new light tattoos uh, Demon Hunters could get new demon tattoos um, you know I just think that would be cool if stuff like that was put in and it should you know having it be through quests is great having it be through like something like the Mage Tower would also kind of be cool like let people do these things like I imagine some kind of weird combination of the Brawler's Guild and the Mage Tower oh yeah that'd you know, be like, great they had they had like you know constantly changing fights that could get you new cosmetic options. I, I don't know. I, give me, I, I really give me, like give me a, here. give me a brawler's guild that lets me be a healer and gives oh, yeah, me these right options, there. please. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think we have time for one more, Liz. If you wanna. Uh, well, this is another silly one. Flan asks, "What sins do you think are on Theotar's sin stone?" Being fabulous and. Uh, I mean, is that a, is it a sin to be when you, fabulous? When you are that 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 <laughs> fabulous, it has to be a sin. I love Theotar. I, mean, I kind of think they must all be related to tea. I mean, like overconsumption of tea. Maybe there's a gluttony thing here because no, tea no, is great. No, 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 no. Do you know what it is? No. Uh-oh. I'll tell you what it is. Uh-oh. Tea is a very specific drink. It's If it's not made with tea leaves, it's not tea. Mm-hmm. This whole time he's been giving people tissions and infusions. <laughs> no actual tea. He's not using tea leaves. It's not tea. And he knows it. And he's just lying to everyone. <laughs> and that's also, you know, reducing your caffeine. Wow, that would be that would be super rude. Super rude. Ah, <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, Matt, what do you do? You want to do another one, or do we want to? Oh uh, sure, you you guys almost have to read them. Yeah, you're kind of in charge of this whole this this. Yeah, this thing. I'm I'm, si- I'm sitting here on my pony, changing my looks. I changed to this look, which also uses that breastplate I was talking about. So <laughs> it also has the best axes in the game. I love these axes. They're from uh, Blackwing Lair. They drop off of two different bosses. They're really cool, and I like. Uh, also, something I found out today is, you know, the shoulder transmog thing where you can do, do two different shoulders. Yeah, I happen to have two sets of shoulders that have the same texture, but not the same model. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I can have weirdly non symmetrical shoulders, but they're the same color and pattern. So it's hard to tell. It, it takes you a while to realize what you're looking at. This has nothing to do with anything. Go ask a question. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask this one and uh, it's not great, but I, I, I understand where it's coming from. This is from six K. Did Actabliz just speed run their lawsuit? Short answer, no. Long answer, no. they're trying. They have so many lawsuits, my friend. They're trying. <laughs> they're up to like, four that I can think of. Like, they just settled for this one with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. But I believe that one's been going on. That was years in the making. and All of this is have, years in the making. This yeah. People get the, the lawsuit from the state of California followed a two-year investigation so it because we just heard about the settlement um i think it feels like they've kind of zoomed through this but i do not think they've zoomed through this this has been a long process and they still have several lawsuits against them that there's there's the sec complaint which is being investigated there's the um the uh, labor relations board one, which is still going. There's the lawsuit from California, which is still going. There's the shareholders lawsuit, which is still going. The EEOC lawsuit was probably the easiest one to settle. And as I think a hundred people have pointed out, it was pennies on the dollar for them. 
an $18 million fund, barely, barely noticeable. Yeah, the amount of money they make in a year. Yeah. So did they speed run their lawsuit? They, you could argue they speed ran one of them. Uh, but if you think it too, you know, after like multiple years of investigation of an $18 million settlement is, is just not that important compared to all the sec one. It, it, if the SEC comes down, Joe can Joe can tell you more about this one. But if the, if the SEC comes down on them, people who are actually on boards of directors can go to prison. Yeah, the, not only that, but like the, and that's the that's the one that I think you're going to want to watch because that's the one that has the most direct impact on executives. Because it's not just the board of directors; it's also the C level executives that are on the chopping block for that one, and they are physically named in the lawsuit. It's not just the corporation, and that's the one. Uh, that I think is is not going to be speed run because that that goes with insider trading, price fixing, uh, and now it starts getting into not even just corporate assets at that point, but they go after personal assets to make to make amends uh, and to indemnify the wrongdoing that happened. Uh, and the interesting thing is, it's in the board of directors' favor to comply and assist so that they don't get caught up in it as well. Um, so like, and that one's not going to be speed run. It doesn't matter what they do. There is no way out of that one. That's going to be a long, deep and like long running investigation and lawsuit. Um, and it just started like I've seen some of these in the past take decade. So I don't know. It's, there's no way they're going to speed run that, that one. So, but yeah, I think that's it. Unless there's anything else you guys want to contribute to that one, Liz. Nothing except they are in so much legal hot water now. It's going to take time to get out of that. Yeah, it's strap in, folks. It's going to be a long haul. Like I hate to say it like that, but that's the that's the truth of it. <laughs> I do I do think maybe it feels like it's been moving fast, but there have been years of investigation, and this still all of this is still unresolved. A lot of it's unresolved. So yeah. All right, but I'm going to do my outro thing and then turn it over to Matt to do his thing. So Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Joe. My microphone is actually in front of my face this time, so words can be heard by people. Uh... I want to thank both Joe and Liz for putting up with me and for being on the show. This it's been a day. So thank you both. Um, this has been the blizzard watch podcast. If you have a question for the show, you can send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com or hit up our discord server, our patron Q and podcast questions channel or our Q questions channel. Um, thank you guys very much for being here with us and we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.